everyone. It is an absolute pleasure to be here with you um, as I get set up here. Uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, but just by way of um, a little bit more introduction, I actually just got a text from Heather. Uh, Bond and them say they love you guys and they're praying for you. Um, so they're having an amazing time uh, down in Mexico. And I've known Bond and Heather uh, for a long, long time, probably, uh, I'd say close to 15 years, uh, when, when, uh, Bond was pastoring a church down in San Diego, and then they, they came on with Saving Grace World Missions and, and, uh, moved overseas, uh, to, to South Asia, and I've been able to travel all over the place with them, and, and Bond is a, a definite, uh, kindred spirit, uh, ministry partner, um, and I'm so blessed that they're here at, at this fellowship, and, and I get to meet with Heather every week, as Heather still works with me, and she oversees all our, our uh, we call it 1040 window, kind of all of our, our missionaries and, and things there in South Asia, and, and she just tells me nothing but amazing uh, things about you guys. Um, and I was blessed when they were telling me, you know, what, what this church is like, what to expect, and they said, well, Expect a lot of encouragement. Um, and I go, what a great testimony for this fellowship, that, that this fellowship is known uh, as, as a group of people that are just full of encouragement. Um, so thank you guys for, for that testimony. Thank you for your labor of love in that. Um, and let me, let me pray. Lord, I just ask now as, as, we, open, as we open the word, Lord, that you would... Um, you would do a work. I have my notes, I have my, my outlines and the, the sermon ready, God, but I just pray that you would speak as we need to hear from you. Uh, we need to be taught by you. We need your word to penetrate our hearts, to change our lives as, um, as we all are in desperate need of, of change. Lord, we want to be conformed into your image more this morning than ever before. So I pray that you would come down, you would um, fill this place, your spirit would be free to, to, to move and, and, and do a perfect work here. Whatever, whatever you have for us, for us. If, it's a, if it's encouragement, if it's rebuke, if it's correction, Lord, I just pray that your spirit would move freely in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ephesians, what a, what a phenomenal book. Um, in Ephesians, Paul is, is writing to the church of, of Ephesus, and um, you can kind of summarize it, if I could oversimplify it for us, is he, he's, he's drawing this, this contrast, and he's challenging us with the question of, what's your relationship to Christ? If you're in Christ... He opens up chapter one with that amazing, um, just 
power-packed sentence, one sentence there, full of doctrine, full of truth, full of full of amazing spiritual blessings that, that we have, that we've been chosen before the foundation of the world. We've been adopted as, as sons. Um, all, of those spirit, we, all of those spiritual blessings. Um, and then he goes at the end of chapter 1 into a, a, a prayer. Um, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease giving thanks to you. And then he prays for them that they would grasp the doctrine that he just established in the first, in the first um, 14 verses there. And then in chapter 2, uh, he says this. And I, I, I use the ESV. I have NIV up there uh, on, the, on the board for us. And he says this. As for, for you, okay, now that's, that's, that's important. As for you, right, he's pointing, he's pointing the finger, Right, that's, that's important. Paul, the apostle, right, he's pointing the finger purposefully. In, in just a few minutes, he's going to say, and we, or us, right? And, and there's a distinction he's drawing here for a purpose. Because after this section, we're not going to get here today, but in verse 11, he says, therefore remember that at one time, you Gentiles, right? He's, he's, he's building a rhythm. He's building a, a, a flow. He's building... His, his message. So he says, as for you, here's, here's what I want you to remember. So Christians, this, this is for us. As, as for you, you were, you were, notice the tense, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. We were dead in our trespasses and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, all of us, right? So, so the good Jew listening to Paul write, if you will, he's like, yeah, get them, get those Gentiles, get those, tell them how dead they are, right? And then he goes, all of us. You guys, us, right, all of us. Just this sweeping condemnation, if you will. All of us lived amongst them at one time. All of us gratified the cravings of our flesh and followed its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. That's heavy, right? Right, that's heavy. He, he, he starts off and he's pointing the finger. You guys, you were dead. Like, like we were. Like we all were. And also, hey guys, by the way, like the rest of humanity is. Right, you, you, you kind of you, you fill a weight of empathy, don't you? Right, you fill a weight of like, oh, okay. Now at the same time, you fill a weight of encouragement because what's the tense of, of this, the, the verbs here? Well, it's past tense. Christians today, this is what you were. This is what you were. Right? And he, he defines three controlling factors in this, this passage. Right? He says, you were dead in trespasses and sin in which you once used to live when you followed the ways of this world. The world was one of the controlling factors, influences of your, of your life. 
and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Later on, he's going he's gonna to use the, t- the name devil, right? And so, so we're just going to, you were, you were controlled. You were under the influence. Um, you followed, right? That's what I said. You followed. You were of the same accord. You were in lockstep. You were tuned into the same frequency. You followed the world. You followed the devil. The ruler of this era, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. That's the third controlling factor. Right, Christians, that's who you were. That's who you were. You were under the influence. You were lockstep with the, the, the will, desire, frequency, drumbeat, rhythm of the world. You, you followed directly behind the influence of the devil, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Right? And, and you, did, you did nothing but gratify the cravings. Like you, you, you kind of feel that you gratify the cravings of your flesh. You kind of feel the weight of that, that passage, right? It, it kind of, it, it, it's supposed to, I think, make us a little queasy, right? Like you, you just, you were gross, <laughs> right? Like, like just, just flesh balls sinners, right? And Christians, that's who you were. That is no longer your identity. Amen? And he's going he's gonna, to, he's going he's gonna, to, he's, he's building this rhythm. Now I want to pause here. If you are not saved here today, if the but God of the next passage isn't a reality over your life, this is your present condition. This isn't past tense for you. Right? I, I work with with youth, uh, at, say, uh, for the past nine years, I've also worked as the youth pastor. And I always laugh at teenagers because there's just that heart of rebellion in them, right? They want to they wanna dress different. They want to cut their hair different. They want to use different slang. And, and there's this heart of rebellion. But those of us that are, that are older, we look, you're like, wait, wait, wait. You're just dressing like everybody else is dressing, right? But you're calling that a rebel. You're just a conformist. Right? That's, that's what you are. Right? It's, it's like, hey, if you're unsaved here today, you're a conformist. Right? There, there's, there's those controlling factors that are controlling your life. Now, you're blind to it because it says you are dead in trespasses and sins. Right? There's a hopelessness. You're dead. There's a, there's a trespass. You're, you're you're, you're, you're willingly disobedient to the things of God. Because of those things, well, your, your natural tendency, right, by nature, you are of those who are disobedient, right? That's what it says there in, in verse 2. In verse 3, deserving of wrath, right? If you're not saved here today, right, I, I, I pray the heaviness of that verse sits upon your heart. I pray that you would, you would wrestle with the, 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 the truth of this, this verse. You're, you're, not, you're not a rebel. You're a conformist. You're following. You're in lockstep with the world. 
You're in lockstep with the, the spiritual demonic influences over this present age. And you're doing nothing but gratifying the cravings of your flesh. You live for yourself. And there's no hope in that. The only hope this, this passage gives is you by nature deserve wrath. That's heavy. Let that, let that passage sit upon you. Let that passage convict you of your, of your sins if you don't know Christ. There's hope coming. Okay, so he says... You, you were dead in your trespasses or in your transgressions and, and your sins. Right, let's turn over to chapter 5, verse 6. And we have it on the overhead too. He says this, let no one deceive you with empty words. So let nobody trick you, right? For this, for because of such things, God wrath, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Whoa. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. I don't be partakers of God's wrath. Like, that's, that's really what you want? For you were once darkness, but now are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Right? Notice that he, he likens dead with darkness. There, you're just in darkness. There's no light. Right? Light is, is not a characteristic of the unsaved. That's, that's a characteristic of children of light. Those who have been awakened. Those who, what we're about to get to, but God made alive. Right? Because what do dead people need? They need God to make them alive. And he says, by grace you've been saved. Right? And we're going to get there. But look at this. Let nobody deceive you with empty words. Right? If you're not saved here today, you, you, can, you could try to justify. You could try to be like, but, but I've done so much good. I've even, I've even went on missions trips with Pastor Bond. Right? That, that doesn't earn you anything. It doesn't earn you salvation. You could boast in those things. Right? Don't be deceived by empty words, for because of such things, God wrath, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Now, the NIV, uh, which is up on the board, I, I use the, the ESV here. Um, the NIV translates this, um, and it, it kind of dulls the, the, the sharpness. It says, of those who are, are disobedient. Right? The, the, the literal Greek says, sons of disobedience, or children of disobedience, right? There's, there's, a, there's a sharpness there. There's, a, there's an echo back to Adam and Eve. There's a, it's kind of a roundabout your mama joke type thing, right? You are, you are sons of Mr. and Mrs. Disobedient, right? Like son, there, it's, it's a label. It's not just kind of passively those who are disobedient. You are children of disobedient people. You are, you are rebels in the face of God, right? And, and Christians, we don't, I don't know if we do well in, in 
how many how many of us have you know we get these like these beautiful wood panelings I don't know in Southern California there all the ladies like now write verses and stuff on them and and put them up right stencil it in how many of like we have God is love how many of us have hanging in our house God is wrathful <laughs> right right it's like we don't we don't often have like a a category for that. Right? We don't, we don't often, we don't like that attribute. Well, part of the problem is because when we think of wrath, we think of how, how we, which, which is foreign to the concept of, of God's wrath. God's wrath is perfect. God's wrath is just. God's wrath is always righteous. When we think of wrath, the problem is we think of like, like we like it like road rage. Right? Like, that's our idea of wrath. Right? And, and, in Southern California, a few weeks ago, there was a road rage incident, you know, some cutting off, some finger waving, and a, and a, guy, a guy pulled behind an open fire. And, a, and a, I think he was four, four-year-old, four or six. He was a little boy. He, he got shot and, and killed. Right? The problem is we think, when we think of wrath, we think of that. Right? Like that road rage. But part of the Christian... We have this category of wrath where I'm like, God, get him. Vindicate your name. Pour out, here's the word judgment upon that individual that pulled that trigger. Right? Do justice, love mercy. Right? right? Like we, we, there's this, this idea of God's wrath that he's going to, to give the final answer to the need. Right? He's going to, to all of the injustice, all of the everything, the, the, the garbage that we observe. Right? We talk about the problem of evil. Guess what? I, I praise God that he, he is a God of wrath because he's going to pour out justice and righteousness. And he's going, he's going to pour out his wrath. Right? There, there is a category that we need to wrestle with. Now, it's, I'm not saying it's easy because like we, we laugh. We're like, we're not hanging up a plaque that says God is wrathful. But there, there needs to be a category in our heart where we understand the preciousness of that, that attribute. And we need to wrestle with it. It doesn't mean we have to like it all the time. Because as Christians, we're also praying for that guy that pulled the trigger that the grace of God would invade his life before wrath comes right like that's there's this this tension there for sure but it says here because of such things god's wrath comes on those who are disobedient right because why because they're dead they're in darkness ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 ephesians 4 verse 17 <coughs> we have it up on the the projector Ephesians 4, 17 says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. See, that's the issue. Right? That's the issue. Right? We're about to get to but God who is rich in mercy. If you're unsaved here today, there's, there's a hardness of heart issue that you look at the grace of God. You look at the rich 
incredible, immeasurable riches of grace that he extends. And there's a hardness in your heart that you're like, I don't want that. And I plead with you today. Turn to God. Embrace. Beg. Plead. You're in the, you're in the path of wrath. And there's grace to be had if you would just, if you would just look up. If you would just look up. So back to Ephesians chapter 2. Right? So you're, you're dead. Dead Dead is like darkness. Dead is, is likened to, to hardness of heart. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You willingly disobe, disobeyed, trespassed, transgressed the laws of God. By nature, right, you're a sinner in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And we talked about those, those three controlling factors. Now, I, I want to... I want to just point out a couple, a couple things in this passage. It says you were dead. What are, what are dead people like? Well, we, we, we notice that they're in darkness. We notice that they have hard hearts. But notice these dead people in this verse, in, in, trans, in which you used to live. Well, there's a sense here where dead people are living. That you look at them and they're like, well, you look alive just like that Christian person looks alive. Right? And used to live. When you follow, dead people are following the, the, the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work. All of us used to live, there's live again, among them at one time. Dead people are gratifying. Dead people are craving. Dead people are full of flesh. They're following the desires and the thoughts. Dead people have passions and minds like the rest. And, and, and so, so, so it's, it's not like dead people are just like this like, Robot, they, they look just like live people on this side of eternity, but, but there's a spiritual deadness. There's a spiritual hardness of heart in there. There is an open rebellion in there. Right? And, and what do dead people need? Turn, turn the slide chapter to verse 4. But because, I love, when, God, when the Bible says but, right, but God, those are just precious. But because of his great love for us, I love that. Hey, hey, Christians, listen up. This is what Paul's saying. And, and I think the yous, the we's, the us's here in this passage are important. There's a, there's a tenderness there. There's an intimacy there. Because God loved me and you. Right? And here's, here's the, because God... Right? The ESV says this. But God, and then it, 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 comma, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, right? You have this whole insert here. But the sentence is, but God made us alive. Right? God the subject made the verb us alive. Right? We're, we're, the, we're the benefactors. We're the object of that, that's receiving that action of that verb, right? But he, he puts this whole precious and terrible insert in between these two, the, this sentence. But God, but because of his great love, great love, if you struggle with the wrath of God, good. Struggle with it. But I, I also want to know, but because of his great love, he has tremendous love. 
Now, now, let us not make the fallacy of ever thinking wrath is anti-loving. Right? Everything God does is love. Right? But even in his perfect righteousness and justice and, and his perfect character, he, he exercised such tremendous love. But because of his great love for us, God. Right? You just, God. Can I pause there for a second? What is God? He's rich in mercy. Right? Transgressors, trespassers, lawbreakers, dead people who, who follow the world, who follow the devil, who just gratify the desires of their flesh constantly. What do they need? They need but God. And they need this but God who is rich in mercy. Right? What did he do? Even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, right? even in, in that state, you were dead. You were, you were without ability. What do dead people, what are they really good at? Sitting. I was just going to say being dead, right? Like, yeah, sinning, gratifying, like they're really good at that, right? They're, they're willingly, they're transgressors, they're trespassers, they're willingly disobedient. These dead people needed that external but God, the life giver to step in. But God, who is rich in mercy, he, what did he do? He made us alive with Christ. Even when you were dead in transgress, transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Past perfect. You, by grace you have been saved. Now, back in, in verse 19 of chapter 1, well, let me, let me back up to verse 15. Let me read this for us. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation the knowledge of him. Right? That's a great prayer. Like, how many of us are praying like that? Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you might know. what Dead people, like, your eyes need to be opened. That you might know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? Right? You feel that rhythm? Right? How cool? What is the immeasurable greatness of his power what, his power that is being exercised towards us on our behalf for those who believe God's great, immeasurable, great power is being played out on your behalf. That's, that's, amazing. And that's a prayer. Like the, this, this verse will preach too. That he might work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. Paul plays on themes throughout this passage. One of the themes is heavenly places. Right? Our, in, the, in the previous section, in, in, in that one long run-on sentence, our spiritual blessings are secure for us. Where at? In the heavenly places. Christ is seated. Where at? In the heavenly places. 
But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. This is chapter 2, verse, verse 5 now. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly places. Now check out how cool this is. You were at one time under the influence of the world, under the influence of the devil, gratifying the natures, your, your cravings of your flesh. Now what he did for Christ, he did for you. That's what this passage is saying. He raised Christ up. He seated him at the right hand of the throne, uh, of God's throne, in the heavenly places, right, for one. Now you, you've been raised with Christ. You've been seated with Christ. Now back in chapter one, I love this. This is so precious. He says, far above, far above all rule and power and authority and dominion above every name that is named. That controlling influence that was over your life, that was dominating your very existence, he raised Christ up, he seated Christ far above. And guess where you're seated? Far above, with Christ. Right, that's why, that's why when he gets to chapter six in the armor of God, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the... And what do we have to fear? We are seated with Christ, who is an ultimate authority far above, far above all of those powers and authority. Put on the whole armor of God. You, you, don't, you don't sit here from a place of, of defeat. You sit here from a place of total victory, total domination. Now, here's where I want to get to. <clears throat> back, in, back in chapter 2. He says, he made us alive. That's what dead people needed. Dead people needed to be made alive. And that was an external act of grace upon your life. That's why he inserts this, this kind of awkward thing. Dead in transgressions, dash, it is by grace you have been saved. Right? But, but he's going to go into that, by grace you have been saved, in verse 8. He's just inserting it here by a reminder that you were dead, and now you're raised. And that's all about grace has everything to do with grace. For by grace you've been saved. You've been raised up. You've been seated with him in the heavenly places. Here's what I want you to walk away today. This, this, is, this is the point, right? My goal was to get through verse 10, but really my, my message today that I want us to walk away with, this is the hope, is verse 7. So that, so that, NIV says, in order that. That's a purpose statement, isn't it? Right? That should be highlighted, underlined, circle, big arrows in your Bible. This is the purpose that he did all this saving, all this raising you from the dead, all this seating you with Christ, all this grace, all this immeasurable power being worked out on your behalf, so that, in order that, in the coming ages, he might show the incredible riches of grace expressed in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Wow. That passage, that passage needs, needs to be, it just needs to be memorized. You need hope today? Christians, you have, you have an eternity to look forward to 
where God does nothing but, but show the incredible riches of his grace displayed in kindness towards you. At one time you were a child of wrath. You were, you were titled a son of disobedience. You were son of disobedient people. You were deserving of wrath. By nature, you were children of wrath. But God. But God answered your need. He, he, he raised you from the dead. He seated you with Christ far above. You have nothing to worry about. COVID's, COVID's got nothing on you. Right? The devil's got nothing on you. This world has nothing. It can't touch you. You're seated. Put on the whole armor of God. That's, you do that. Right? You don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You wrestle against powers and principalities, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. But no, you are seated far above. You are seated next to the king who has total authority, who also, by the way, raised you from the dead. And your eternity in front of you, the joy that's set in front of you, is an eternity of God's immeasurable grace Right? Incom- incomparable riches of grace. He's packing that with so much light and meaning and, and, and gravitas, right? This incredible, this incomparable riches of grace expressed. I love that word expressed. What a great... He's expressing those inc- this in- incomparable riches of grace. He's expressing those to you in kindness. And at one time you deserved wrath, now all you're going to get is kindness. Wow. All of this because you're in Christ. Right, don't forget, he, I mean, he's, he's about to say, by grace you've been saved. Right? He's about to go, this is not of works. Lest anybody, right? this, this, this doesn't have anything to do with you. This was an act of pure grace of a sovereign God upon a person that did not deserve it. We just, we just raise our hands and say thank you, right? We just, we just do what is reasonable by offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, right? That's just reasonable. <laughs> like, how could I, how could I, and this Paul in Romans, he goes, how could I live in sin anymore? How could I continue in these things anymore? That is not my identity, my identity is, a, according to chapter 1, is the son of God, adopted, placed into the family of the king. My eternity is, is going to be filled with riches of grace. And the sovereign king of the universe who spoke the world into existence, expressing kindness towards us. That's the hope of the gospel. Right? I laid heavy upon, if you don't know the Lord here today, your, your reality right now, your, your position right now is a child of wrath. But there is so much grace laid upon the table for you. Free for the taking. If you would just repent, turn to God, place your trust in Jesus Christ. You don't have, there's nothing to earn He's accomplished it. Turn to God. Turn to Christ. And, and in an instant, 
he changes you from a child of wrath to a child of God with all the rights and privileges thereof. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your incomparable riches of grace. Thank you that, that Paul, <coughs> 2,000 years ago, under the inspiration of your spirit, chose to write this passage down for us and that we get to study it this morning. I pray that as we go today, that we would be encouraged by the depths of what is here. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to The Rock's podcast. Our regular services are held on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.30 a.m. in Santa Rosa, California. If you'd like to learn more, please visit our website at cctherock.org.